Hi, this is Nick Underhill, and you're listening to a New Orleans.network podcast. What up, what up, what up? Welcome to this week's episode of Pell's Pod. As always, I'm your host, Raphael Rattler, joined by my fellow middle brother, Gary G. Money Rattler. What's popping with you today, bro? What's good with it, baby? Nothing, nothing going on, too much going on. Uh, you know, had the had the the, the pleasure of watching the, the Pell's first uh playoff game in, in you know in a couple of years. And so uh, you know, I'm still I'm still trying to shake back from staying up that late <laughs> number one uh, for yes. a playoff game. But uh but yeah, man, all is good is over here, man. How's everything on your end? Blessed, man. Blessed. It was a great uh, Easter weekend. Um, shout out to everybody who celebrates and things like that. But uh, a lot of Easter egg hunts, soccer games, <laughs> everything, a little bit of everything, bro. So, um, you know, but a lot of basketball, a lot of yeah. basketball. So, mm-hmm. you know, this today's episode is going to be a little bit different in that we're just going to recap game one and talk about, you know, li- what are some of the adjustments should be looking at going to game two. Before we jump into that, uh, make sure you all follow us on Twitter uh, at PalsPod. Uh, follow us on IG at Pelicans Podcast. Like the episode, subscribe to all this network. Uh, that's the important one. Follow uh, myself, follow my brother, uh, Raphael underscore Rattler, Garrick underscore Rattler. So let's dive into game one. So Pels lose this one. Uh, first playoff game for 11 of the players on the roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, first playoff game for Willie Green as a head coach. Um, and you felt it a little bit. So they dropped this one 99 to 110. And a loss to the Suns um, in Game One of the series. Now, a couple things that uh, stood out to me before we kind of dive into what the game looked like from quarter to quarter. The Pell shot thirty-eight percent from the floor. Their season average forty-six percent. Mm-hmm. Now they did out rebound Phoenix fifty-five to thirty-five, which more times than not, when you win the rebounding advantage, you win the game, especially like that. Yeah. Right. And that's not the case, you know, which we'll break down. They shot 39% for three, for, which for the Pelicans is outstanding. Like, they've been shooting 33% all year. 69% for the free throw line, you know, a little bit worse. 38 points in the paint to 50 points in the paint, which is 10 points below their regular season, end, which, you know, that that's the game, right? And so, you know, just talking about some of those stats and looking at those stats, and then w- having watched the game and understanding the content, bet- the content between those stats, you kind of understand, right? Like Phoenix came out and they came out with a different level of urgency. Like they came out with uh, we've been here type thing. Here is the level that you got to play with. Yep. And the Pels kind of, to a degree, I think we're kind of put back on their feet a little bit. Like they were kind of pushed back like, whoa, we didn't expect that. As Larry Nance kind of talked about it a little bit after the game and that like, you know, the the uh, Suns were screening harder. They were coming off screens harder. They were cutting to the basket harder defensively. We could, I mean, that was visible, you know, through watching the game. They were up into people, right? Like they were they were playing physical from the top down. And I think it caught this young, inexperienced Pels team a little bit. So talk a little bit about like what you saw right out the gates, right? Yeah, those numbers and those stats literally tell the story uh, of the game. You know, you can see it from the jump street, uh, from tip off. You know, Chris Paul, uh, Devin Booker, uh, Mikael Bridges, literally down the line, the entire Mm -hmm. starting five. Everybody played more downhill. Um, Everybody played more certainty. You can see back cuts. You can see down screens like like Larry Nance talks about. Uh, You could could see 
the Pelicans literally getting pushed. Like you can see them getting pushed around and stuff. And so, um, you know, that, that, that's, that's that young inexperience uh, coming out. And so when you have a, a, a team that is, you know, relying on so many young players uh, to kind of propel them, right? Obviously you have JV, you have CJ McCollum, um, but you know, majority after that is Brandon Ingram uh, and, and Herb Jones and Trey Murphy, like a lot of young guys, Jose Alvarado, young guys who are, you know, expected to play these key roles. And, and you know, we we applaud them and laud them all throughout the season for playing so well um, and, and playing, you know, and doing the things that have brought us to this place. But the playoffs are a little different. The playoffs are a little different. They're even more different than the play-in tournament. You know, as much as that postseason uh, run, we'll, we'll, you know, they don't like to call it the playoffs, but that postseason <laughs> run uh, that, the, that the Pels had uh, against the Spurs and the Clippers, that's a different side of, of, of you know, competition um as compared to what we're seeing now and so phoenix has been there they're fresh off of a off a, off a finals run they're fresh off of a finals loss um they're back and e- outside of that you know they, they've heard all the chatter about you know is this a fake run was that a fake run you know this guy was hurt that guy was hurt and so they're coming out on a mission uh to begin with and the pels just happened to be in their way uh in game one and so i think you know what with, with their the, the, the pels look like a, a young team that was in a really really big moment i tweeted about it yesterday they look like a team uh, where the moment was too big for them. They stepped up and they they showed their their moxie, you know, in this play in this uh, the play in tournament. But for this for this particular game, it was it was it was too big for them. And so you could see when you talk about the stats versus their average um, versus what they shot, you could tell. Like you could look at it and see that this wasn't the team that you know we were expecting to see coming out. And this is the team that usually comes out uh, and, and plays. And so. You know the Pels took took a lot of their best shots, and and, and to be fair, and to you know to 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 give them credit, you know they fought back a lot. You know they yeah. fought back a lot every time the game seemed like it, it started to pull away from them. Um, you know they they were able to keep it you know respectable and make the uh the Suns sweat a little bit. And so no, there were there were things obviously uh, that Willie Green is going to take and, and you know and build upon some good things. Uh, obviously defensively they play you know as good as you could play uh, against this Phoenix team, holding them to one hundred and ten points when they usually won. 120, 130 easily. Um, and all throughout the game, you know, their offense was struggling. The defense was the one the thing that was keeping them in there. And so there are there are things that Willie Green is gonna take. Um, it's not a complete throwaway uh, uh kind of footage, but the offense, you could tell there was like jittery legs, playoff uh nervousness, uh things like that. Players were just doing things and not hitting shots that we are accustomed to. CJ McCollum was missing a, a lot of shots uh at, at the beginning, and, and so that that we're so used to him hitting it. So I think, you know, getting that first game out uh, does wonders for them. And so, we'll you know, we'll see what's going into to game two. Yeah, I mean, a way to kind of, I guess, describe it is obviously Phoenix looked comfortable. They they felt like they were in the moment, right? Whereas mm-hmm. the Pelicans kind of looked like they were reacting. It was like, mm-hmm. okay, man, they're, they're playing physical. What do I do? Man, the ref's not going to call this. What do I do? You know, we, we're getting to our sets, but Phoenix is already so stout defensively. What do I do? B.I.'s being trapped off the catch. What do I do? Like, it was it was a little bit deer in headlights to some degree because it mm-hmm. was a, a it was at a level that they haven't played yet. Yeah, you know, and they haven't had the experience. And so as the game settled in, they got more comfortable. Uh, Willie Green got more comfortable and stuff like that. We'll allude to that later. So, you know, across the board, obviously, if you shoot 38 percent from the floor, your stars didn't really have a good night. And so not going, not going to win a lot of games like that either. <laughs> you know, you, you got BI going, you know, 
18 points or 35% from the field. CJ, 25 points, 36% from the field. JV, who the majority of his shots have it right next to the goal, 18 points, 25 rebounds. Now, shout out to him. That's a personal record. And we had a giveaway for that that just changed. Uh, Mm -hmm. Personal record and a Pelicans playoff record for most rebounds in the game. But he went 7 for 21 and shot 33% from the field. So, like, if your starters do that, and then you got Jackson, who only shot two times, four points, her five points on two for eight. Like, if your starters have that type of game, it's going to be very, very difficult for you uh, to win games versus a team that well coached and that well, that that talented in, in Phoenix. So what I want to talk about a little bit is what what caused the struggles for B.I. And, and, and C.J. So and J.V. So. You know, at the beginning, it looked like B.I. had in his mind, like, hey, I'm I'm going to put the team on my, my, my back and I'm, I'm going to fight a certain way. But he was seeing kind of coverage and, and physicality that he just really hasn't seen, you know, so far this year. And you could see it on his face in his body language. He was getting a little frustrated, you know, as the as the game started. Right. And so, you know, Willie Green and the coaching staff did some things to try to get CJ more involved and get some looks for other people, even try to take advantage of Jonas in the paint. but they were missing bunnies, man. Like the shots that CJ normally makes, he missed. Shots that JV normally makes, he missed, right? And mm-hmm. and so when your stars kind of are starting to miss the bunnies, it it, it kind of weeds into everybody else on the roster. So, like, what did you see from the struggles and how do you think, you know, the Pelicans are able to respond moving forward? Yeah, I, I think the first thing we got to talk about is, is Jackson, right? It, it's got to be Jackson uh, has to get in, involved more, right? So when when Jackson is on the floor and, you know, he's not hitting those shots and he's not, you know, being that, that baseline uh, cutter uh, activity guy, that the, the defense doesn't really – like right now, Monty Williams is daring Jackson uh, – I mean, Jackson Hayes uh, to, you know, to beat him. And and, and so, you know, they're, they're – leaving him open. They're playing one foot off of him um, with, with an extra set of eyes on B.I. and an extra set of eyes on, on C.J. And to be honest, they, they actually put an extra set of eyes on J.V. as well. And so, um, you know, and, and so when, when every time J.V. thought he would pump fake DeAndre Ayton and get him out of the way, here comes M- Mikael Bridges or Jay Crowder, whoever's guarding, um, you know, Jackson's guy coming in for that help. And so one of the things you have to do is you have to get Jackson involved early, right? You have to get Jackson uh, moving. You have to get Jackson uh, have make them honor him because only getting two shots in the game. I mean, that's Jackson is not going to, he's not going to do, you know, pay off any dividends in the starting lineup offensively um, because he doesn't contribute to the, to the floor spacing. So even if he's like, you know, knocking down shots and people are defenses are, are, are geared towards that. And maybe they, they leave one eye on him. Like that would help BI CJ and JV, but because he isn't hitting those shots and hasn't been, we talked about the last podcast, how he didn't in the, in the Spurs game and in the Clippers game, we didn't really feel his, his, his presence. Um, the, the sun see that. And so they, they have, you know, could, kind of like giving a defender to uh, Brandon Ingram, an extra defender and a half to Brandon Ingram. And so every time Brandon Ingram took a dribble, there was an, an extra guy there. And so Jackson, they have to find a way to, to incorporate him, get him involved early, uh, get him moving, and make the defense, uh, you know, kind of make the defense, uh, you know, worry about him, honor him, and, and respect him, like like they're saying. Uh, I think that was part of the struggles to begin with. And then, um, you know, like you said, when you start missing bunnies, JV has to play with a lot uh, more aggression. We talked about it on the last podcast. Um, you know, with that that big man position, I told you that was a position that I was I was going to be looking at, a matchup that I was going to be looking at um, because JV has the 
the clear strength and size advantage on DeAndre Eden. Now, DeAndre Eden is obviously taller, more athletic, and, and can do more things, you know, as far as athleticism-wise. But as far as, like, strength, raw strength, and, and low post scoring and things like that, uh, JV should have a clear advantage. And we saw uh, – we saw JV, uh, like, literally – get blocked at the rim uh, on dunks, with, which which should have been dunks. Um, and so he has to play with a lot more aggression. Uh, we, 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 we've seen this all, you know, through the season. JV gets into these situations where it's like, why aren't you more aggressive? Why aren't you attacking more? Why aren't you looking for, uh, more for the offense? And so he has to be more aggressive, um, play with more force. And, you know, can't he can't have, um, you know, uh, Mikael Bridges and, and, you know, Jay Crowder blocking the shots. And so, uh, you know, he, when he gets down low and gets those opportunities at the, at the, uh, at the, you know, at the rim, he has to be able to finish those. There were way too many, uh, you know, block dunks, block layups uh, at the rim that, you know, is not going to be able to, you're not going to be able to beat the Suns. If you get, if you work that hard to get that close to the rim, um, you have to finish because you won't, you know, you won't get a lot of those opportunities against this Phoenix Suns team. And so there's a, there was a, there's a lot of blame to be, to be pushed around. Um, obviously, Trey Murphy came in and, and you know, he kind of was a little bit of a, of a, of a reprieve and a little bit more, more energy, um, knocked down some shots and things like that. And so maybe playing Trey Murphy more, um, you know, and, and getting him to be more, uh, you know, more, more involved in the offense as well, um, because he, he showed that, you know, obviously it's the playoffs. It was his fi- first playoff game, um, but he was, you know, he was available to do things. And so uh, there was, there's a lot to go around with the struggle. Uh, I just think it was a really bad, uh, you know, offensive night all around. Um, but the the defense is what kept them in it, and so hopefully they, you know, continue to to, to keep that that energy up. Yeah, um, you make a really good point on Jackson. I tweeted throughout the game, and we talked about it on the last pod. Mm-hmm. Jackson, Herb, Trey, Jose, Najee. This is going to be. It's like if they're going to make this a series, this is going to be a series where they have to play or outplay their matchup. To your point, Phoenix started the game and said, you know what? We're not letting CJ be just like the Clippers, just like another veteran team, just like another good coach. We're not going to let CJ and B.I. and JV dominate us. You're going to have to make Herb hit threes hit, and, and cut uh, and take advantage of CP3 on the switch. Jackson, you're going to have to get the ball and score or shoot the three over and over and over. And that's the way you have to beat us. And so – what we talked about on the last pod was that there were times in the Spurs and Clippers game where it felt like even though the games leading up prior to it, Jackson scored 20 and 15 or whatever, he was literally looking to give the ball right back to B.I. and C.J. Mm-hmm. Well, if the Suns are going to trap and deny the ball from those players, as soon as you get the ball, especially Jackson, if they're going to put Jay Crowder on you, you need to attack the rent over and over and over. You need to make it so that the ref is forced to call something. Like Jackson, there was a there was a there was a series in the second half where Jackson had three fouls in three minutes. Like he attacked the rim over and over and over. And so that leads us into you know how the momentum started to change. Once the Pelicans, who are one of the best transition teams in the league, started to realize, hey, we have to play with pace, right? We have mm-hmm. to play with a sense of urgency. And guess who thrives in those uh those areas? Herb and Jackson, right? Like those are the guys that drive in those areas. So they've got to they've got to not only find their offense in, in transition, but they've got to be aggressive and using their athletic ability to score on offense because that makes it easier for CJ. That makes it easier for Bi. That makes it so uh, JV doesn't have three guys on him as soon as he catches the ball every time, right? You've got to be a threat. There's no 
there's no weaknesses where you could just leave them in the corner in the playoffs like that. You're going to lose that way. Right. Like if you don't have some type of threat to be had on the, on the court, guys will just leave you open and just leave it with that. And you'll lose the game, right. You're playing four on five. So, you know, that was a piece of it. Uh, I want to talk about the second line, right. They struggled offensively outside of, you know, uh, Larry Nance. He did have 14 and six. He did well. Trey, you could see when Trey first got in the game, he missed some threes bad. You could say, you could tell he was amped up, ready mm-hmm. to shoot it. And he settled in the game, right? As the game went on, he settled in. He got more comfortable with his shot. Jose had a rough game, one for four, three points. Devontae, zero points. You know, Najee had – I thought Najee played really well off the bench. His defensive end – him and Jose, when they got in the game, they immediately matched Phoenix's energy. Like, they've been play, – they are energy players, right? Najee and Jose are energy players. The best thing that they contribute is energy to the game. And so when they got in the game, they immediately said, you know, we've been doing this all year. Phoenix is starting to do it because this is game one of the playoffs. We mm-hmm. know where to be. Like, we know we know what level to start on. And so you saw them kind of get in the game. You saw that trickle into everybody else on the second line, right? And so, you know – as they may struggle offensively, and there's going to be nights where they do because they're a more defensive-minded bunch than they are offensively, it just so happened to be on the same night, you know, as your starter. The guys you rely on to score points had an off game. That's the combination of two. But, you know, something I want you to talk about a little bit is the coaching matchup, right? Again, this is rookie versus vets. Like, the, 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 the parallels are very similar throughout the roster as well as the coaching staff, right? You know, Willie Green, he struggled in this game. So talk about it a little bit. Talk about what you saw from Monty. Talk about how you saw Willie progress throughout the game. Yeah, my, oh, poor, poor Willie. Willie is going through the murderous <laughs> row of, of right, coaches right, right now with, with Pop uh, and, and and now Monty. Uh, obviously, you know, Monty is, is who he is. Uh, he's exactly what everybody talks about um, as far as a basketball mind and coaching. And so, um, you know, going in, going into the game, you know, we always figured you, the, the Suns probably have that advantage there, right? They probably have that advantage uh, with Monty just simply, simply because of the, 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 the experience that he's had and the, the, you know, the, the bond and, and things that he's built with this team uh, over the past three years, he's been there and, and things like that. And so going into to, to, to this game, there were just a lot of things that, that he did. First of all, uh, you know, Monty leaving, um, devising this defense to leave Jackson Hayes, uh, you know, and, and dare the, the Pelicans to beat him. That's exactly what any good coach would do, right? That's any, exactly any coach. Um, for as great as, as, as you know, Jackson has looked at, at points this time in the, in the grand scheme of the offense, he and Herb, uh, you know, as far as starters go, he and Herb are the guys that you want, you know, a, a team would want uh, the Pelicans to run their offense through and get the most shots and, and everything. And so at the beginning, you saw Brandon Ingram uh, come out and attack and be in, in a mold. But once the defensive intensity turned up, I think it was like after it was an early timeout in the, in the first quarter. And like it was like a switch almost. And Monty uh, started having people, you know, trap harder, uh, kind of step over and, and do things like that. And so, you know, once Willie. It seemed as though you know Willie was trying uh, things to to keep his to keep his guys like you know keep them in the game in the, in a sense of like this defense is working but and I know I need to pull off offense from the bench from somewhere somehow because the, obviously the starters wasn't working um, but it just didn't work it just no matter where he went no matter where he looked there was no offense at the beginning of the uh, of the game and so you know Willie he to, to his credit. He he was able. We we talked about the Devonte Graham minutes, right? Devonte is 
he is struggling, right? He is struggling mightily and has been struggling, yeah. you know, throughout the season. And so, um, you know, he's still putting putting Devontae, you know, subbing Devontae into the game. And it's, it's at a situation where, you know, if he's not hitting those first couple of shots, maybe even like the first two, like they, this team, this Phoenix team, they have too many predatory guards, uh, you know, to have Devontae being on the court and, and not giving you the shots. And so, you know, when Devontae is out there and you got Chris Paul, and you got uh, uh, Devin Booker looking for him, like in, in, like looking for him the, the second the, the offense turn around. Um, those are the type of things that you can't have against this team. And so credit to Willie. He, he pulled the plug on it. You know, he, 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 he kind of pulled the plug on it a little bit, maybe a little bit too late. Um, but he pulled the plug on it. And then the offense started to find itself a little bit, right? They started to get transition uh, buckets. Like you said, they started to play, um, you know, with a little bit of speed. And I, and I, I like to think that that's a, you know, that's a, a coaching emphasis as well. Um, he's going to have to play Larry Nance more. We talked about it, um, you know, with Larry Nance finishing and, and JV not being able to play in a defensive role, especially, you know, and, and that's what's so difficult about having JV on the roster because he could struggle and stumble into a, a franchise career high in rebounds because the guy can rebound. He can, he can, you know, he can do things on the board um, that not a lot of people can. And so it, it, it's a difficult, you know, a difficult thing to do. And, and that's why he's an NBA head coach uh, to kind of find that balance between playing Larry Nance and having his athletic uh, ability, his ability to knock down the three ball, his ability to pick and roll and move and pop and things. And then also to switch defensively. But then, you know, you, you're taking off JV's ability to rebound and get 25 boards in a game, in a, in a playoff game. And so, you know, Willie's going to have to find a way to to kind of strike that balance. Um, like I said, there were things in that second half offensively um, that he's going to have to clean up. I mean, uh, in the first half offensively that he's going to have to clean up. But the defense was, you know, was was good, All you know, all – all things considered, um, obviously the Suns are going to shoot over 50% because they are the Suns. Um, but if you are struggling the way you're struggling, when your top three guys uh, are, are playing the way they're playing um, and you're without, you, you know, your best player, obviously, and you're in a playoff game, your first ever playoff game, and in the fourth quarter you're down by 10, you know, 10, uh, 11 points, um, That that's a credit to, to Willie Green's coaching and, and things like that. And so obviously there are things he needs to clean up. Uh, the Devontae Graham um, situation is one that he's going to have to address sooner or later if he wants to make this, um, you know, a competitive series. Um, but I, I think that there are things that he's going to be able to clean up. Um, and, and hopefully with the with the with the playoff, you know, the playoff, the first game jitters out the way for, for Willie and kind of seeing getting that getting that first experience of how Monty's going to do um, his coaching and what he's going to do with, with, you know, with uh, with B.I., and, and CJ and JV to keep those guys from from going off. Hopefully, he can make some adjustments, get JV moving, maybe get him on the other side, get him just get him playing down here with more aggression. Um, try to double screen, get get Bi into spots where he doesn't have to dribble. Uh, we talked about that. We talked about that all season. Uh, getting him into spots where uh, he doesn't have to dribble, he can just catch and rise up for a shot. Uh, and that way, you know, you have defenders chasing him as opposed to being boxed in and, and dictating where he goes and same things for CJ. Um, but but I, I think, you know, that he's going to have to figure out a way to 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 get offense uh, a lot easier than he's probably had to do in, you know, in a while. Yeah. The thing that jumps off the page to me is in previous games, Herb was always guarding Devin Booker, right? You start out of the game on Chris Paul. Chris Paul has a quiet first half. Devin Booker doesn't, but Chris Paul has a quiet first half. Second half comes, Herb, call, Herb then goes to Booker. Chris Paul goes out. And so, mm-hmm. you know, 
the thing about yes, uh, Willie needs to make adjustments, but that doesn't mean that Monty Williams won't adjust to him, right? And so you th- that's the thing about playoff series, and that's why people love the game so much, is that it's a mind game. Like every game is you're taking something you took from one quarter to the next quarter to one game to the next game, and so on and so forth, right? And so, you know, the problem with Devontae, just to address it, not only the shooting. Not only the defensive liability, because he he he's a liability there that it's an auto mismatch where as soon as someone recognized the the mismatch or the switch, you gotta help and then and, everybody starts scrambling. And Raf, you're playing against Devin Booker and Chris. They are going to recognize yes. the mismatch <laughs> very quickly, right? And so you got that part going. The shooting part, yeah, because a lot of times when he misses, it's a strong rebound, and then they're running off to the gates. But the biggest part of playing Devontae, because you can't play Devontae and Jose together in the season. You just can't. Like, the the Suns will take advantage of it. The biggest part and the missing piece is the ball stops offensively. Like, I watched several possessions when Devontae had the ball at the top of the key or at the three-point line, and he just held the ball for five seconds. There was no movement. There was no creativity. There was no back cuts. It just – the ball just stopped, right? At least with Jose, and I get it. You don't want to play – uh, rookies, uh, big minutes. But guess what? The rookies are what got you here. Like, I get it that it, the moment is going to be big. But Jose gets in the game, and he may have deficiencies offensively, shooting the ball, whatever. You know, he's short, things like that. He's a rookie. But the way that he impacts the game, both defensively, like, we're not even talking to that point. Like, he he was able to kind of step the game up a little bit and make it a little bit challenging on Chris Paul. Like, And, again, Chris Paul is one of the best points of guards of all time. He's going to get his numbers. And Jose's a rookie. But he made it at least difficult. and made them work to get into their sets and things like that. Whereas Devontae, like, they just kind of saw barbecue chicken, and that was it, right? But offensively, Jose is a point guard. So Jose is able to get other people uh, in better position, deliver passes that – a lot of the people on the team struggle with it, uh, whether it be lobs, whether it be backdoor cups, things like that. Entry passes. Right. When you don't have a point guard on the team and things like that, like it's hard. Like you can't go through five-minute lulls versus teams like Phoenix. You just can't. And so if you take a facilitator off the court and then B.I. or C.J. is on the bench, you're stopping yourself in multiple facets. So you've got to kind of address that. Um, as far as starting lineups, we'll see. I'm I'm, assu- I'm assuming there's going to be some missing missing matching. He already came out and said they're going to stay forward uh, for the time being. I get it because you want Trey to you want Trey to supplement the second unit with a lot of now his minutes can be starter minutes, but you want him to be on the court with those guys to space the floor. I get it, um, but again, it, it just comes down to the other guys being assets and being aggr- aggressive and being someone that you have to account for offensively. So. Let's talk about adjustments for game two as we wrap up. So something we talked about is getting into your sets quicker. And what I mean by that, and I think uh, the broadcast team, uh, Joel and AD talked about this a little bit, is yes, you need to play with pace. You need to get the ball up the court quicker so that Phoenix is not into their sets. But the same thing is like you need to get into your sets, the things that work for you. You Mm -hmm. setting top of the screen or top of the half court line, picks with JV you're not JV is not rolling to the basket <laughs> like that and being a throw now maybe you said it with Jackson but Jackson's not, not good not, at not from the so, top of the three-point line so not. like so like when Phoenix is bumping up on you like that you need to run your offense lower down and you have to make them account for you so you saw that in the second half and you saw the the Pell started getting momentum but when you walk up the the, the court 
and there's 15 seconds on the shot clock and you run your set and B.I.'s getting doubled and there's six seconds left. Like that's when you go on those offensive laws. So you have to be the aggressor. You have to get to your spots in a way, in the same manner that Phoenix was getting to theirs, right? So that's a big key for me. Give me one for you, from your side. Yeah, I, I think just, first of all, I think with a, you know, with the, they, they've been traveling a lot, right? They've been, mm-hmm. you know, they, they've been in, in LA uh, and then they went straight to, 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 to Arizona uh, out there to Phoenix and, and have been done things there. And so I think, first of all, getting, getting some rest, getting some, all right, let's, let's breathe a little bit. We've been in Arizona. We kind of settled in. This is where we've been for a couple of days. We've gone through our first game jitters. Uh, I think that as long as, you know, if they can adapt that mentality, um, you know, and kind of relax a little bit, I, you know, that that's one of the, one of the things just, it's, it's a playoff game, but you have to, you have to execute as if it's a regular game. You have to be able to make shots. You have to be able to knock down uh, open shots and things like that. But another thing I, I, I would, I want to see Willie do, uh, I want to see Willie go into the, the, the Trey Murphy, you know, at the four, some of the, a little bit, right. Being that, that stretch four, right. Getting in and letting him play only with one other big man on the floor, right? Even if it's even if it's like him and Jackson or him and something that'll that'll make that that extra defender not have to you know completely you know leave Jackson. And again, Jackson has a spot in this in this series where his his athleticism and his ability to to you know to to affect on the boards and things like that. He has to find similar ways that Trey did, right? Trey had situations going into this you know going coming into this playoff push where he was doing things where his shot wasn't falling, but he was finding different ways to, to contribute. Tapping the ball out uh, to Brandon Ingram and CJ if he can't get boards. Just running in and crashing the boards and creating mayhem to give JV a, you know, a shot to grab that board or or things like that. Cut. You know, be a live body. Things like that. You have to find different ways to, to contribute if you're not just going to straight up uh, go in and, and score buckets. And so you have to find different ways to, to contribute. And I, and I think that Willie Green has to find a way to get him moving and to get him active because he has to be able to, you know, to, to make that defense uh, work, uh, look at him. And if not, you know, let Trey Murphy get out there because at, you know, Trey, if, if Trey Murphy's in, yeah. he's a shooter, right. And he's a, he's a, we talk about his irrational confidence. He is going to shoot the ball and it's not going to be, Oh, he's going to get it. And then pass like Trey, Trey will put that thing up. Yeah. And so, and so, you know, that, that aggressive, you know, mentality and that, that willingness to shoot the ball, uh, that'll that'll make defenders look. And it is it we talk about the NBA and being in windows, right? You you you're playing in windows. All the Pelic, all Brandon Ingram and CJ uh need is that extra half a second, that extra second where they're taking that step. And instead of that defender completely committing over to Brandon Ingram and CJ, you want them to have to think about it, hesitate a little bit. We saw it, me, uh, you and I were at the Pelicans uh Lakers game. Uh, in in New Orleans, where we saw in the last you know fourth quarter, and I talk about it, LeBron. I watched LeBron underneath the basket guarding Trey uh, Trey Murphy on the corner, looking to help on, on Brandon Ingram, and he could not do it. He could not step away from him. He kept you know wish and, and Brandon Ingram scored right. Brandon Ingram came down and, and scored, and so that is the kind of respect and and, and kind of defensive uh, you know force uh, focus that that Trey Murphy requires, and so. I think, you know, getting Trey Murphy in, you know, more and, and more and, and, and often. And I know he's a rookie, but but he has shown that he, he doesn't. And I think it's, it's part of a, you know, you're too young to know any better, right? He, it's just basketball to him, right? It's kind of similar to what Anthony Edwards said at this game. Like, bro, it's just basketball to me. Like, I know it's the playoffs, 
but it's just basketball and I shoot the ball. Like, and so like, that's what I think that Trey Murphy has gone with him. And so you have to trust them. They're the, you know, the, the rookies have, have gotten you here. The, you've been riding the rookies all season, whether it be her, whether it be Jose um, and, and now Trey Murphy, you have to let them get, uh, give them a shot to, to give you that offense um, when, in terms of Trey Murphy. And so just getting Trey Murphy out there more, um, just speaking more and more, you know, more force into the team because they, Phoenix is playing with, they're playing downhill. They are playing with a force. They are playing with a mission. And if you don't match them in the first couple of minutes, it's easy to get down 15, 10, 15, and now you're spending the entire season, uh, game trying to come back. And we've talked about it often how, you know, the, 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 the second line is not built for comebacks, right? They're not built for, for putting up points and getting you back into a game. They're, they're more built for, you know, sustaining the lead, uh, or you know, protecting the lead, or if the game is close, keeping it within range and things like that. They're not, you know, w- with all the defenders and active guys on the bench. Um, they're not really made to come back and you know rely on them to put up points to get you back. And so, um, you know, you have to you have to play with force. You have to come out and, and execute. And honestly, bro, it, it, when it all comes down, you just got to make shots, man. I yeah. mean, you you just have to make shots. You can't shoot thirty six percent from the field and expect to win. Any, any, a lot of games, let alone playoff games, let alone against the number one seed. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I think you hit it, you know, right, right on the head. The jitters are behind you. Like you've been there now. Like you, you see, you see the level you have to play with. You, you saw it, uh, uh, third quarter, fourth quarter. You saw them starting to match it, right? You got to come out with that. You don't want to go down 2 0 to this team, right? You got to come out with that same energy. Uh, if you're the Pelicans team, right? Like you've got to match their intensity from the get-go. My biggest thing is empower the role players. The the game, they're going to be forcing shots to you. Make them respect you. Like that is the most important thing going into, into this uh, this next game. Like, and if you're not doing that, you got to have a quick leash, Willie. Like, mm-hmm. you know, again, if someone's not going to shoot the ball, hesitant to shoot the ball, or we're saying get the ball to be back to bi, get the ball back to CJ. If you got the open shot or you got the open lane, you can put. Especially with this team, who's done a really good job of attacking the basket all season long, and that's their strength. Najee did a great job of it yesterday. I want to see it more from Jackson. I want to see from more from Trey. They're going to start closing out on Trey on those three pointers. I expect his minutes to go up as well. Put the ball on the floor. Go on. Don't go somebody's head, right? Like, go be aggressive, right? Like, go go play as if you deserve to be there, right? Not that, hey, you're happy you got there. That's what the Pelicans need to play with, that type of mentality, that type of intensity, and I bet you see a game too. So uh, uh, that that's it. That's all we got for the pod today. Again, guys, uh, you know, Pelicans had a tough one uh, in, in game one, which I think it was a little bit to be expected uh, in terms of inexperience, both on from coaching side and roster side. Now, how do you respond, right? How do you how do you answer uh, in their building? Can you steal one when a rowdy crowd waiting for you back at home uh, on Friday? So that's all we got. What you got for the people, Garrett? As always, you never know what people are going through. So give somebody a smile today. Uh, you know, Pels are going to be back in, at game two. And, you know, they, they're going to have to make some adjustments, obviously, if they want to make this, um, you know, this series competitive. Going down 2-0, uh, obviously, people always talk about how uh, the series doesn't start until the road team wins. Um, 
I like to disagree with that a little bit because this you know, this team, the way this you know Phoenix is playing, uh, they're a well oiled machine. And I think you know if you if you if you don't you know at least put up a really good fight uh, and kind of keep this competitive um, close throughout the game, um, their their confidence is only going to grow. And, and so you want to make come out and give out a, a good showing. So um, with that being said, follow us. Uh, follow myself at Garrick underscore Rattler on Twitter. Follow my brother at Raphael underscore Rattler on Twitter. Uh, follow the Pelicans, I mean the Pels Pod page on Twitter at Pels Pod, and follow us on Instagram at Pelicans Podcast. Uh, like, subscribe, uh, and all of that, and, and and wherever you you know enjoy the content, we appreciate all the likes and support and everything like that. So you know, keep that going, keep those, that that support going, and we'll you know we'll continue to keep the the content rolling as well. So until next time, we'll holler at you guys. Awesome.